This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to Tech Guide, episode 581, our first show of 2024. It's great to have your company once again. Thanks for joining me. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we'll take a look at what we can expect to see in 2024. Aussie Formula One star Oscar Piastri partners with Quadlock to share a very important road safety message and why Apple watches were removed from sale in the United States. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the Logitech Wave Keys ergonomic keyboard. LG has introduced a new AI-powered robot, and we take a look at the world's most expensive television. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, Just a a little explanation. I did stop one episode short at the end of last year. I was supposed to record one last show on December 18, uh, but unfortunately, my father passed away the day before. He's been been sick for a few months, and uh, I was unable to, to record that week. So that's why I've decided to record a week earlier in 2024 so that you're not missing out but yeah it was a difficult few months actually for my family and my dad passed away peacefully uh in on the 17th of December so that's the reason why I've been off air for a little bit but uh I'm back now it's a new year uh, a lot of things to talk about uh, and I am actually in in a few days off to Las Vegas I'm going to the consumer electronics show uh, been going for nearly 20 years. This is a. It starts off every year, every uh, couple of days after New Year's rolls around. I'm uh, on a plane to Las Vegas. This is the biggest tech trade show in the world, the Consumer Electronic Show, and it's the venue where all the major companies time their major releases. We're talking Samsung, LG, Hisense, Sony, every other big company as well. They have uh, a lot of of motoring companies uh, on display here, a lot of startups as well. So you get a real cross-section of not only these major established companies, but these little young upstarts as well, these these little companies, little startups and other other companies as well that have uh, grown over the years. So, yeah, that will all be happening at the Consumer Electronics Show. So the next show that I'll uh, I'll be recording, episode 582, will be recorded in Las Vegas. So what can we expect for 2024? It is going to be every year is a big year in technology, so this will be no exception. There will be a few things we could look forward to, though, this year. I think the, the smartphone is going to get even more sophisticated. It's going to be, I think, a year where we're going to see a lot more foldable devices. We've already seen Samsung's been at this for five years. We've now also seen Motorola return with the with the Razer. We've seen Oppo jump in the market as well. Google, there's even a Pixel Fold, not yet available in Australia, but uh, has been released in the US. And we can expect perhaps that the Pixel Fold will finally make it to Australia this year. 
but I think there will be other brands that that may go down that foldable route. Will that be Apple? Uh, I don't think so. I think Apple is just going to keep t- keep plugging away with the iPhone. So what will what will we up to in twenty twenty four? Will be the iPhone sixteen in twenty twenty four. That won't be till September. You can expect, of course, a new Samsung Galaxy S S twenty four. Uh, in the first couple of months of the year. That's normally when when that launch window happens. But uh, no, I don't think Apple will go down the foldable path just yet. I, I don't think the market's quite mature enough and, and whether what sort of foldable they'll produce as well. I think uh, my uh, my opinion is that they won't go down the like the fold route. So the can to say the Samsung fold and the uh, the Oppo Find N fold as well, the N3. These are devices that have a front screen open up to a larger screen inside. I can't see Apple doing that because it would it would risk cannibalizing their iPad business. I think that that maybe they'll go down more the flip route. So a an iPhone that folds in half rather than an iPhone that's also an iPad. I think that's probably the, the path they'll take. But I, I can honestly say we probably won't see that for another couple of years at least. I, I reckon it, I reckon we're talking 2026. I can't see Apple coming into this market. And if they did, it would absolutely turn it on its head. They, they do this all the time. Whenever they release a product, uh, this would be no exception. It would really turn everything around. Speaking of a product that they're going to turn around, uh, one of the products that we, we are going to see in the next few months is the Apple Vision Pro. So this is the AR VR headset that I actually got to use at the Worldwide Developers Conference back in June. And I've got to say, the experience was remarkable, but one of the best products I've ever seen in terms of VR, really uh, compared to other VRs. The the quote that I actually used in my story where I said that the Vision Pro, other, other VR devices don't hold a candle to the Vision Pro, that was actually used on screen at the iPhone launch. And with the reaction to Vision Pro, my quote was one of the quotes that was on the screen, which was a massive thrill until I looked a little bit closer and they actually spelt, they didn't call me Stephen Fennec, they called me Stephen French, which is a, a, a common mistake people make where they see the F, the N, the C and the H and they assume there's an R in there. So I thought Apple would have checked that. But anyway, that still was a thrill though to see it. But yeah, the Vision Pro, I think, is going to really give uh, a lot more attention to the whole VR market. And other, other brands are even, they can't wait for Apple to to enter the market because it will really shine a, a brighter light on that particular category. So I, I think that's going to be huge this year. And it's not going to be cheap either. From I think they said it'd be around three thousand five hundred US dollars. Uh, so work that out. I think the dollar's not too bad at the moment. You're looking at about five five and a half thousand, maybe even six thousand dollars. We don't know. I think um, when you consider what it is, this is a standalone computer that is a a it is VR AR. It's its own standalone system. And you think about the power this is going to have and just the fact that it's a brand new technology as well. I think, yeah, it'll be definitely the, – the price will definitely start with a five, hopefully not a six, but you just don't know. And and in terms of the value of that, I, I know a lot of people thinking $5,000 for a, a VR, it's actually more than a VR. It's a, it's a computer. It's it's a it's its own system. But I've seen many people spec up high-end laptops and and pay happily pay that much money just to have a good gaming laptop 
this is this is will be allow you to gain for gaming for watching content for viewing all kinds of things so yeah i think there'll be a market for it what else can we expect well it's pretty hard to go past ai ai seems to be coming into our daily lives not just not just the chat gpt style ai but i'm talking about there's a generative AI that they're talking about now that can produce pictures and videos and animations and can even copy your voice. And you, you, can, you can get – today you can use AI to replicate your voice. So say, for example, I decided to type out this podcast rather than me actually doing this, talking into a microphone myself. I could get – I could do this today. I could get AI trained up to sound like me. And it would just read out this this podcast, so that would that that's that's possible today. So imagine the applications of that and all the various the various colors and flavors of AI. We're going to see a lot more of that. I, I did mention CES, so we're going to get a preview of uh, I think even larger screen sizes. TV CES has always been for me very television centric. It's very home entertainment centric. And this is where we see all those brand new TVs for the first time, the OLEDs and 3D TV and all those sorts of things. We won't have 3D TV anymore, but we are getting larger screen sizes. Uh, it's not uncommon now to see customers looking at a 75, if not an 85-inch TV. That is going to continue. Our appetite for big screens is going to get even bigger in 2024. And I'm talking 100 inches and above. You can already achieve that with, say, the Hisense laser TV. If you want to get a projector, you can do that also. The laser TV is a short-throw projector. But in terms of a physical television, Samsung have a 98-inch TV. The Hisense also has a 100-inch TV. Will they go bigger? I think I wouldn't be surprised you see like a 106 or a 105, something above 100. To uh, and and that would be on demand. I think the that would be in demand. The the high sense TV I understand is under seven thousand dollars. That's a hundred inches. The Samsung TV is a four K TV, not an eight K TV, and is around I think it's about seven or eight thousand dollars as well. Perhaps a little bit higher, a bit more. But I think there be there are customers willing to pay. So keep an eye out for that. I think it's going to be interesting year in terms of TVs. Also, iMessage, we, we, we spoke a few months ago how Apple has agreed to uh, allow rich communication, rich, rich, uh, I think it's called rich communications, RCS, rich communication services, so that iMessage, the features of iMessage will also now work across Google. So if you're a Google user, what I think they're going to do though is launch iMessage for Android and so they would encourage people to use that as their default messaging application because Tim Cook hinted at the fact that iMessage will still be the best way to message people. So if you can get – if you are an Android user and want that full rich experience from between Android and iPhone that iPhone to iPhone enjoy today, then that might be the option. But I don't think that they're going to announce that or, and, and release it until mid-year. I say they'll probably wait till the Worldwide Developers Conference to make that big announcement. Yeah, that'll be in early June, and then we'll see iMessage for Android, no doubt, launched back then, or in the future, I should say. That is our little little look into the crystal ball for 2024. CES is around the corner. All those things I spoke about, uh, we are going to see 
before the end of 2024. So keep an eye on it. We'll be talking about them, of course, on the Tech Guide podcast, as well as uh, on our on this podcast, as well as on the website. Everywhere you can find Tech Guide, you can find out about everything that we uh, that, that's going to be happening in the new year. All the news, all the announcements, you can find it at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Formula One fans are pretty familiar with this name, Oscar Piastri. He is, uh, I think he won Rookie of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. He was the Rookie of the Year in 2023, the Formula One Rookie of the Year. He's now partnered with Quadlock. Quadlock, very popular brand that allows you, so that it's, it's like this ecosystem they've created. So you can uh, get a case and you can also get a, a, a holder, a mount, so uh, the quad lock actually snaps into the mount uh, and fit, creates that secure connection there. So ideal for a vehicle. So if you have a mount in your car and you want to safely keep your phone in view, but uh, uh, you don't, you can't, you're not actually holding it in your hand. So you can you can mount it with the with the quad lock, be able to access your streaming, so your music, your maps, phone, you know your CarPlay, all those sorts of things. So what uh, Oscar Piastri has done is joined with Quadlock to promote not only their products, but also a very important message. And that message is keep your hand off it. And by that, they're talking about your phone. It's uh, directed at drivers who think they can still text and scroll while they're driving, which not only puts them in danger, but it puts other people in danger as well. And the, the alarming thing is that the number of people who have been caught, so mobile mobile infringements issued in Australia in 2022 were actually 63% higher from 2021, if you can believe that. So it is, uh, it is a worry that this is that people aren't getting the message. In New South Wales alone, there were 191 casualties between 2012 and 2019, and it involved a driver using a handheld mobile device. So Oscar Piastri being a professional driver is uh, is I think a good someone a great person to have on your in your campaign. He's saying that as a professional driver safety is always paramount both on and off the track. And in this holiday season a lot of people are driving, a lot of people are having their phone in front of them. And some people still hold them in their hand, would you believe? And, and there's now, you'll find there are a lot more mobile phone detectors, so basically cameras that look down into your car at an angle where it can see you if you're holding your phone in any position in your car. And you know what? The, the penalties are quite high, and, and right, rightfully so. They, they, I think it's, it's five or ten demerit points. If it's double demerit, it's like imagine ten demerit points. And that, that, for some people, could wipe out their license. And, and I applaud the fact that they, those penalties are so high because you're an idiot if you do it because you could kill yourself or you kill someone else. And it's, is, is the text message or the site you're looking at worth it? Definitely not. So I think a great partnership between Oscar Piastri and Quadlock. The sales data from Quadlock says that there is a huge growth in the drive category. Like they have Quadlock, so you can have one on your golf cart. You can have it uh, all, all kinds of places. They've even got one for a bike if you're a cyclist. But of course, the most popular one is for the car, and that is uh, on the rise. So people are getting the message. They are wanting to have their phone safely in their car. 
uh, while still be able, being able to receive their calls, being able to use their maps and various things like that as well. But don't hold it in your hand. As Oscar says, keep your hand off it. Very important message right there. If you want to read more about the Oscar Piastri partnership with Codlock, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, some interesting movements in the United States around Apple Watch. Would you believe that Apple Watch was was removed from U.S. stores just before Christmas, and it was the result of a of a a court case. So it was a it was a copyright. It was a patent case where device maker Massimo they accused Apple of using its technology. And, and even poaching its staff. So it's a pretty long story where this former Massimo uh, employee, an engineer, uh, pitched an idea to Apple. This is according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Apple said, that's a great idea. And they hired this person who then went on to develop the technology behind the blood oxygen uh, level readers. So, so r- rather than having this non-invasive way to find out your blood oxygen level, this was a, a technology that Apple incorporated into the Apple Watch. Uh, Massimo said, well, hang on, that's our technology that this guy, apparently former a former employee, has sort of given Apple the gist of how it works, allegedly. And uh, that's that's the reason for the case, for the, for the patent. Now, there, uh, Apple was ordered to remove Series 9 and Ultra Watch 2 uh, sales in the US after this patent uh, this patent uh, dispute. Uh, what Apple has done in the meantime, though, they have uh, since appealed it and uh, they made an emergency request to the US Court of Appeals and it was successful. So the the appeal, the them appealing, the act of them appealing meant that that ban was lifted. So they're still going to be heard in a courtroom, but in the meantime, the ban was lifted and now the Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2, which are the very latest devices. I think you can still buy the earlier models. This And this was only in the US, by the way. This was in around the world. Apple was still able to sell Apple Watches. Uh, but in the US, it was taken off the shelf before Christmas, has now returned to sale as a result of this successful appeal, which is yet to be heard, but the ban was lifted because they, the appeal was granted. So, yeah, interesting times there for Apple. Uh, normally, Apple's the one doing the suing when it comes to patents. It's very unusual to see Apple on the receiving end here. And Massimo obviously think they've got a case. We will hear the full details once this appeal is heard. But uh, it was, if you were after the latest Apple Watch, unfortunately, before Christmas, you were unable. But now you can jump in and buy one. Really interesting. We'll be keeping our eye on all of that. So, uh, yeah, check in with techguide.com.au if you want to hear more. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive 
all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off the reviews for 2024, uh, we're looking at a new keyboard, uh, and in particular, the Logitech Wave Keys. Now, do you remember years ago when ergonomic keyboards were all the rage? Remember you used to buy, it was like a, a curved shape to the keys and the middle keys were higher than the outside keys. Well, Logitech has just launched Wave Keys, which uh, offers that exact thing. So this is a wireless keyboard, connects via Bluetooth to your Mac or your PC, connect it straight away. You can even switch between three different devices as well. So say you may have a, a computer, a laptop, desktop computer, laptop, a phone, iPad, tablet. You're able to switch between all three and still have this comfortable wave key keyboard layout. It also includes a cushioned wrist rest. So this is all about putting your hands in the le in the most comfortable position so you could work all day without putting any kind of strain on your wrists, your your forearms, your fingers. Cuz when you think about it, the having our hands flat on the keyboard is slightly over from our normal stance. So if you normally have your hand on the table, you'll notice that it isn't flat. It is sort of at a, it's at a at an angle. The palm, your palm, is at an angle at rest if it's sitting on a desk, and that that kind of is what the keyboard replicates that shape. Uh, they're saying that we're spending obviously more time in front of our computers than ever before. And you think during the pandemic, a lot of people working from home. You without without the supervision of a, a IT department or, or human resources, so the ergonomics is up to the to the individual to look after in the case of them working from home. So um, this is this is a, a keyboard that meets those standards. If you are if you are a touch typist, I've got to say if you're a crow pecker like myself, I can touch type, but I'm not very good. There are people who can have their all all eight fingers and thumbs on the keyboard. And this is designed for that sort of typist. If you're already a touch typist who is ASDF and then JKL semicolon, they're where your four fingers should rest, I believe. And you then have access to all the keys with all your fingers, your thumbs and everything. And if you have them in that position, your hand, your fingers actually have less to travel. So if you've got a flat keyboard, say your your right forefinger has to travel slightly further than the curved keyboard. So that's why it's curved in the middle, so that it gives the, brings the keys closer to your fingers. So I can understand the ergonomics and sort of you've got to do less work to type. But if you're already an established touch typist, if you have your eight fingers and thumbs on the re at the ready at the keyboard, then I would go out and buy this. If you're a crow pecker like me, crow by crow pecker I mean... I type just with my two index fingers. I can type fast, but I'm only using my index fingers uh, to type. That's what crow pickers do. 
So this for me, while I did it actually, I I did write that whole story on the keyboard and touch typed it. It did make it slightly easier for me, but I find that I'm a faster crow peck typer than a touch typer. That's just me. You may be a touch typer and maybe have to be in front of your computer for hours at a time, then this can actually tick the box for you. So with that slight curve, the elevator keys in the middle, your hands at rest naturally on the keyboard and uh, instead of being completely flat like a regular keyboard. So uh, the shape and size of the keyboard means your fingers will move less, as I've explained. It is designed to make it more comfortable. And the integrated cushion as well means there's less uh, less strain on your wrists. Like a normal keyboard just drops off to the desk. So there's an, there's already an angle between your palm and your wrists and your forearms. And if you're doing that for a long time, it could get uncomfortable and affect your well-being. So uh, this is a really good alternative. And suits whether you're an individual or even business users, business use. So if you're an employer and you've got a lot of staff, this could be and a solution. It does have a pretty compact footprint, nice level of travel in the keys. They're actually, uh, they're not like flat button keys like you'd find on a, on a regular keyboard. They're slightly elevated. There's a bit of movement in the keys. It's almost like a mechanical keyboard. It is, uh, it, so there is a bit of movement in the keys, which is very satisfying. It is suitable for multiple operating systems. So it connects to a Mac PC, connected to an iPad as well. And you, I've mentioned you compare it to three devices, and there are keys that are allocated that can suit both Windows and Mac users. And I'm talking about the Start key for Windows, which, when connected to a Mac, that becomes the Option key, and there are both symbols on the key. So you know what system you're connected to, and both options are there. Same deal if you're using the Alt key, which, when using the Windows, is the command key. Uh, Alt for Windows is the command key for Mac users. So uh, everyone's covered there. The product is also carbon neutral. So the, the plastic parts in the Wave keys include certified post-consumer recycled plastic. So uh, feel good about yourself with this one. All these companies are now making they're announcing the whole, their whole sustainability side of things for their products. They want to be seen, and they are being seen, as these uh, environmentally responsible companies that they don't want customers to think that they're they're just they're just raping the environment to make their products. They're actually using these recycled uh, plastics and things, and using those repurposing plastics rather than creating things from scratch, which normally is derived from nature. The Logitech Wave Keys, they're available now in graphite and also off-white, and the price is $149.95. If you want to check it out for yourself, you can see our review, our story at techguide.com.au. Here's an interesting one. This is uh, LG. They normally make a few announcements ahead of the Consumer Electronics Show, which, as I mentioned, I'm going to be there later this week. So uh, LG normally drop a whole heap of these announcements, sort of uh, pre-announcing products that we're going to see at the Consumer Electronics Show. Really good idea because between Christmas and New Year, there's not a lot to write about. And LG, they just pepper us with these releases, including this one about their new AI-powered robot. So it's basically a smart home speaker on wheels. 
Hasn't been given a name yet. They're just calling the AI, uh, I think they're calling it AI agent, but I'm going to call it the smart home AI robot. And basically it's got a two-legged wheeled design so it can easily navigate your home and interact with users verbally or through movements through its articulated leg joints. So it'll make itself understood. Now, on board is multimodal AI technology, so it can recognise voices and images uh, on top of what it ha- on top of the natural language processing that it also uses. So it's really easy to understand you and to communicate. Now, it is LG uh, is calling this basically a moving smart home hub. There's pictures of it on Tech Guide as well. So it's got this little oval-shaped screen. It's got this little handle on top, and the two legs on the bottom is like a a backwards knee joint, and there's two wheels. So this can move around your home. Uh, So being a smart product, LG, as I said, calling it a moving smart home hub, it can also connect and control your other smart home appliances and IoT devices. It also has, would you believe, a built-in camera. And speakers as well. There are also sensors on board so it can gather real-time environmental data so it'll know the temperature, the humidity, and the indoor air quality. So you can imagine this telling a an air conditioner, whoa, it's a bit warm in here, it's 26 degrees, turn on AC, let's go. Or if it high humidity, indoor air quality might turn on an air purifier. Uh, it can also act as a security camera. And I know a lot of people love having indoor security cameras because they want to keep an eye on their pets. Now, imagine this is a security camera on wheels. So it can actually go to the room where your pets happen to be and follow them around, whatever you need to do, keep an eye on them and on your home as well while you're out. Now, because it's, like I said, it's it's a smart speaker on wheels. It's a smart hub on wheels. It could also patrol your home. So imagine it's it's roving around your house, detects, oh, open window here, or if it sees lights have been left on, it can tell you that. I don't know if it can close the window for you, but it can turn lights off if it if it detects that. But get this, this is how smart this thing is. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. The LG AI agent can even detect your mood. So imagine you come home and it will greet you with its own little virtual smile and it can also then analyze your voice and your facial expressions to see whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood. And it can do something about it. If you're in a sad mood, it might play bright music to, to lift your mood or if you're in a if you're in a good mood, it'll it'll still play some good good tunes as well. So basically it can read you and, Put play some music or some sort of content to make you feel better or to maintain your good mood as well. That's remarkable in itself. This is uh, groundbreaking stuff. Some of the some of the AI we're going to see at CES. This is I think this is just scratching the surface. I think other companies are going to have similar products to this, and whatever shape they take, it's basically going to be a smart product that doesn't sit in one place on your desk or on a shelf. It's going to be a smart product that has a roving commission in your home to be able to see things and detect things and help you. So um, 
This full story, if you want to read it and see the photos, is on Tech Guide, but there will be more about this at CES. But for the meantime, check out our story, techguide.com.au. Now, we love our TVs, I have to say. Earlier on, we were talking about 100-inch TVs, possibly bigger, and for there being around, like around just under $10,000. Well, if money's no object, you can go even bigger than that with a folding C-Seed N1 TV. Now, this is a TV that when when it's turned off and folded away, it looks like an aluminium sculpture. But at the press of a button, this sculpture, the screen actually rises up out of the aluminium the, the aluminium structure, this, this sculpture, and opens up and flattens out to form a 137-inch 4K micro LED screen. So now you see it or now you don't see it, so first nothing, and then up up pops a 137-inch TV. They're reportedly also working on a 165-inch TV. That's huge. But it's the sort of TV where, say, look, the person who's going to afford this, this is going to cost more than 350000 Australian dollars, if not more. So if, if, you, if you need to ask the price, you can't afford this for, to begin with. But it's going to be for that customer who may have a penthouse view of New York City or some coastal home and doesn't want to spoil the view but still wants to have a massive TV at night to watch their stuff. This is the TV they would buy. Nearly half a million dollars worth. But it is a real conversation starter. This aluminium sculpture, which then from it emerges this massive micro LED TV. And... The, the company says it's the first product of its kind and uses cutting-edge technology to go from that aluminium minimalist sort of sculpture to unfold into a TV in under 60 seconds. So, uh, And what happens too, the micro-LED panels quietly unfold and when they're fully unfolded, it forms a seamless image and offers picture-quality uh, with its advanced gap calibration. So once it's all folded into place, you won't see the lines, you won't see the gaps. It'd be like you're watching a regular TV. And so, as I said, if it's in front of a giant window, you can imagine a 137-inch TV, that'd be a very large rectangle that would block an entire wall, let alone your view. But in this instance, once you're done and it's folded away, it will then allow you to see your view once again. So it's a TV when you need it, rather than being there all the time. And that comes at a cost, as I said. It has 16-bit color depth processing, advanced HDR, HDR10 plus processing as well. For that kind of money, you think it'd wash your car and do your dishes as well. Uh, It has a built-in preamp, speakers, and an independent subwoofer. So it looks good, sounds good. And if you've got plenty of money in your bank account, it will be good because that's what you require. It is that that three hundred and fifty thousand. That's an estimate in Aussie dollars. So the US dollars is we're talking over two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars, and that's for the one thirty-seven inch. They are planning on one sixty-five inch, which I reckon maybe double that for that for that particular size TV. Uh, but it is beautiful. There is pictures. There is a video too. You can watch this thing in action. 
if you want to check all of that out, you can uh, see it for yourself. We're definitely worth a look. This is really, really impressive what, what this thing can do. So uh, definitely worth a look. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and it's time to ensure you have some peace of mind with your identity. Don't give cyber criminals a chance to hack into your accounts or steal your private information. Help keep your private information private by limiting what you share online as well as having a cyber safety plan to help protect your valuable information. Norton Identity Advisor comes with identity restoration support. So if the unimaginable happens and you discover your identity is being used without your knowledge, then the Norton Restoration Agents can step in to help you resolve your case from start to finish. With Norton, you have peace of mind knowing that they are always on the lookout with dark web monitoring and social media monitoring to help keep your identity safe from cyber criminals looking to illegally trade your details or make transactions in your name without your knowledge. Norton Identity Advisor is available today from Officeworks, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi and online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. Uh, the Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin. Belkin.com forward slash AU. They're the company that can provide cables, chargers, MagSafe products, USB hubs, screen protectors, you name it. They've got it. Belkin, great company. Belkin.com forward slash AU. I get lots of NBN questions, and one I have been receiving of late is the ability for customer or for customers to find out if they are eligible for fiber to the premises. And yes, there are a lot of the fiber expansion programs been going for a couple of years, and there are many areas in Australia that were formerly fiber to the curb, HFC fiber to the node, that now have fiber to the premises available to them. But to get this, you need to sign up to a, a plan above 100 megabits per second that would qualify you for the fiber upgrade. So in my case, I initially went to Optus and that triggered the NBN to connect fiber to my home. Uh, and then once that happened, I, I, I ended up with Aussie Broadband because Optus were completely hopeless in trying to do that for me. So if you want to find out for yourself, best thing for you to do is to go to the NBN website, type in your address. It'll tell you what technology is available to you. It'll say that what you've got right now, if you are connected, but it'll also say whether you're eligible for fiber to the premises, FTTP, fiber to the premises. And if you are, then find a provider that has these high-speed accounts. I'm, in my case, I'm with Aussie Broadband. I've got the one gigabit per second download plan. It's 129 bucks a month. Signing up for that plan will then alert the NBN to come and bring fiber onto your property. Now, in my case, I had fiber to the curb, which basically meant the fiber was in the pit outside my home. 
when the fibre to the premises order was activated, they brought fibre from the pit to the front of my house, ran it down the side of my house to where the the previous connection was, and that with that the the fibre and copper connection, the copper section was replaced by fibre, and they put a little a little box inside my home uh, and a little power supply, and that meant that I could connect the modem from their respective internet service provider so I could get those faster speeds. In my case, it was Aussie Broadband, and I'm now enjoying speeds up to one gigabit per second download speed, which is super fast. I've got a few people in the home here, or some, most of the time there, there's a few people on the internet at the same time, and I'm able to get to those those high speeds. Not for everyone, but if you are keen to, to, to explore, you might get you might want to get the 250 megabits or, or 500, whatever, or whatever plans are available. But to get those plans, you do need fiber. And to activate that fiber coming onto your, to your premises, you do have to sign up to those other plans. And that is our show for this week. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. And thank you for joining me for the new year. It's been a uh, it's been a trying month for the Fennec family. Uh, really glad that I could be back uh, talking to you guys on the podcast. Appreciate all your support in the previous years and hope you can stick with us for 2024. We'd also love it if you get in touch with us. Hit us up at info at techguide.com.au or hit the Ask Stephen icon and that will generate an email to me as well. We'd also like to thank once again our great sponsors that have been with us for many years. Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the great sponsors who have been supporting the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.